0: sexed when you could have fun.
1: Oh, that's right. That's uh, I'm In Love With You, the number one hit from Tony Moran and Jason Walker. They've got a new song together. We're going to be debuting that later, folks, on House of Pride Radio. But right now, live in the studio, you folks listening to us, we're going to have a special treat for you. Now, you can watch this live on a uh, live feed on Facebook, on Tweaker Turner's uh, Facebook so go ahead and go there now because we have a special treat to kick off Pride Weekend. We have no other than the one and only, the uh, legend himself, Amore, on our stage. Hello, Amore. Yeah. Oh, we're good. How are you doing? I'm
2: doing great. I'm ready to get Mighty
1: Real in here. All right. Before, he's going to, folks, he's going to sing Mighty Rio, his uh, remake of that Sylvester classic. Uh, it features... You tell us about the song.
2: Well, the song was um, redone. We, um, we did the original from the Fantasy Records release in 1978. Jeannie Tracy came in. She's a very good friend of mine. She's one of my mentors. And she came in to do new vocals, background on this track. So we think we got a good thing going here. And it's been hitting all over the world. And it's doing great right now for Amore and Jeannie
1: Tracy. All right. Without further ado, folks, it's Amore with his version of Mighty Rio.
2: How y'all Come on! We gotta party a passing pride today. This is Pride Weekend and this is the Pride Queen of Pride of Nepal, no other than Sylvester.
1: All
3: right. All right.
1: Let's have a nice round of applause for More. Great job. Come Thank on in you. here. Can you have Thank a second you. we can talk? Yes, I do.
2: <laughs> yes, I do.
1: ladies and gentlemen, as Amori's getting situated here, let's go around my control room and introduce everyone who's with us. We have Daryl. Daryl, the photographer. I can't remember your last name. Daryl, what is it? Pedicure. 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 I just had one. I need one else, too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have Eli. Hey, welcome. Hello. Hello. And we have the w- no other, he's back, Sean Haynes. Hi. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Why is there, we have a hot mic. Let me find out where it is. Yeah. Okay, we're going to lower things, cool the temperature. On the telephone, we have live from Hornblower Cruises, folks. Uh, they're about to give away a ticket to one of our lucky callers today, uh, the one and only <laughs> J- Janet Stocker. Can you hear us? Hi. Hello. How are you?
4: I'm great. How are you?
1: We're doing good here. Uh, everyone say hi to Jenna. Hello. Hi. <laughs> hey, hey. So we have a room full of uh, happy people here. It is Pride Week, and Jenna, and I know that Hornblower has a lot of products to offer the public. Can you tell us a little bit about it?
4: Yeah. Um, we have lots of cruises, both, um, you know, some special things going on for Pride. Um, as well as weekly cruises that you can celebrate any time of the year, but we're also very excited. Hornblower is going to be in the Pride Parade this year, so if anyone's attending, definitely keep an eye out for us.
1: Are you going to have a float that's shaped like a boat?
4: That would be really fun. No, but we're going to have a cable car um, from our sister company, Hornblower Classic Cable Cars, it has a whole fleet of them, so. We're going to have one of those, but, you know, maybe a couple people in sailor's office and fun stuff like that.
1: Yes, any of our drag queen friends that are listening, uh, they need to decorate their cable car with a festivity. So, come on, just g- what what a number are you on the line?
4: I don't know the exact number, but we're definitely towards the end.
1: <laughs> towards the end. Perfect. Cable car. Street, street car name, hornblower. Uh, so tell us about your fabulous products now I know there's like the sunset cruise like Sunday social and don't you have a new one this year
4: yes that's correct so every week now that the weather's been really nice lately but basically April through October we have a lot of cocktail cruises Uh, so these are two-hour cruises around the bay there are different times and different days of the week Uh, but we have an onboard DJ We have uh, drinks for sale, food for sale, and you just get a lovely time on the bay, get to cruise underneath the Golden Gate around Alcatraz and all those great things. Um, We have Social Sundays, which is a cruise that, as it sounds like, cruises on Sunday. Uh, It boards at 3 o'clock and sells from 3.30 to 5.30. It's a really nice Sunday, fun day, perfect to do on a nice weekend like we've had lately. We also have Alive After Five. So Alive After Five is our lovely happy hour cruise. So this one sails on Thursdays. Um, It boards at 6 p.m. and cruises from 6.30 to 8.30. And we're really excited to launch uh, on July 12th. We're starting Rock the Yacht, which is brand new in San Francisco. But this one's kind of more of a party cruise, so it sails a little later, boards at 8.30 and sails from 9 o'clock to 11 o'clock p.m. on Friday, so it's a really good way to kick off your weekend.
1: Is it like, can you smoke marijuana on there? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Of course, we
4: are regulated by the U.S. Coast Guard, which is a federal government agency, so (laughs) a little different than our California laws.
1: Okay, so you
4: can indulge in We other.
1: are all law abiding citizens. <laughs> <laughs> we hope. <laughs> well, Sometime. I don't know about Amore. <laughs> uh, wow, this is great. So how can folks go in and make reservations, get tickets?
4: Oh, we have a couple different ways. You can always go on our website hornblower.com. Uh, look look on our cocktail cruises section and you can buy tickets anytime. Also, if you want to just call in, you can call us at 415-788-8866, and our lovely reservation department can help you make a reservation as well.
1: Fabulous Now folks (laughs) I have a surprise for you (laughs) Jenna has given me the green light on giving away a pair of Hornblower tickets for one of these fabulous cruises that she has just mentioned so all you have to do is when we get off the phone with Jenna is to be the third caller to call us at 415-550-0511 that's 415-550-0511 Jenna thank you so much for sharing all of the details over what's happening over at that 40 year old company Hornblower cruises here in san francisco
4: oh happy happy to share
1: <laughs> well you stay in touch with us and make sure you come on back again before the summer's over okay sounds
4: great we'd love
1: to everyone say goodbye to the fabulous happy pride <laughs> happy Thanks. pride all right folks happy we're going to take that third call of 415-550-0511 while we play a little m- appropriate music the third caller who are we
5: speaking
1: congratulations you have won uh, two tickets to the Juan Blower cruises don't go anywhere we'll take your name and number we'll be right back folks House of Pride Radio, folks? It's our Pride edition coming at you live from San Francisco. Your host, Tweak Turner here. A room full of local luminaries. I I think it's safe to say we don't have any hard feelings towards Michael. Uh, That's all in the past, right? (laughs) Welcome, everyone. Hello. Uh, Yes. Uh, Well, let's uh, welcome Omori here to the microphone. He just performed for all of us. Uh, We caught it live on feed facebook feed but now he's sitting with us here in the control room welcome how are you
2: i'm doing great how are you doing it's nice to be here with these great guys here sitting here having a good time
1: well welcome back uh so what are do you uh, doing this uh, summer this pride
2: well this pride um i'm actually in this working on new music um i um didn't book a stage on this um year's pride um because i'm getting ready to do some um things musically i want to save and hold on to so hopefully next year we can make some engagements here and do more things but um, I wanted to start with House of Pride because they are a staple and I always feel welcomed with House of Pride so I thought I'd come and you know join you guys and do this at least.
1: Well thank you. Mm, that's a nice compliment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll take it. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, so you did the, you did well what's cool about your remake of uh Sylvester's uh, Mighty Reels that mm-hmm. you actually incorporate Jeannie Tracy who was part of the original production. Right. And you guys actually go way back. Uh, we tell we us a do. little about it.
2: We do. Um, I actually knew Sylvester as well. Um I was a costume designer with Fantasy Records for years. Um before, you know, years and the music came within the last 15 years. Um, seriously, uh, re- become a recording artist and just say, "Okay, I sing," so just do it, right? Mighty Real was in the um, in the um, site maybe two years ago, and I wasn't really interested in doing it because I thought it had been done so many times. So I said, "Well, what would be different if we did it?" You know, I said, "Well." if we treated it like a major label product and did live instrumentation on it and different things that it needed, then I'd be more interested, you know, instead of like mimicking Sylvester and just doing like everybody else, they were singing two steps higher and all this other stuff, you know? So I think we came up with a great deal and Jeannie Tracy was always on board. I didn't really pull her in until the final demo was done and said, okay, here it is. Uh, She had only one note change, I was like, really one note change from a gospel note to a blues note i said fine okay we'll change the note
1: so what, what was her attitude about being on the project was she happy either
2: well she's very supportive of everything i do as well as i've always been supportive of everything she does i designed all of her costumes on star search 85 um i did several shows with circle stars and all this other stuff with her for years um and when it becomes my time it's not like it's a a problem it's just like what do you need me for you know Hmm. long as it's not any nonsense you know like that but I think she was impressed with the vocal that I did because it was more you know it was all about just keeping it real you know or she wouldn't have been on it okay so (laughs) so that just came with the territory and we Came up with a great product. Um, a lot of people have been accepting it. You know, even old school Sylvester fans. Those are the ones you really have to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Okay, they'll cut your throat. You know, all kinds of stuff. You know, for, for him. You know what I'm saying? And it's, and I feel the same way. We can't do this and play around with it. So, all in all, I think we came up with a great a great deal for this. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Tell us a little bit. Let's give some uh, kudos to your remixing team. Don't, oh, but don't yeah. mention me <laughs>
2: <laughs> well you know obviously we've been charting number ones all over the place and um tweak attorney did a wonderful remix that i really do love um it seems that tweak is seems to tap into this old school house thing that i do like all the time and it's an original it's not like a cookie cutter type remix deal so i tried to use new and more seasoned remixers on this. Paul Goodyear delivered a fabulous remix. It's Cocktail. That's a hot oh, mix. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, I mean, he. I don't know. I mean, I knew that me and Sylvester have nuances that are very similar. But... Um, he did something where um, I was like, you've tra- you done brought this child up out the grave, child. What did you do? You know, it's just a little slight thing he did with my voice. It just took it all the way in that pocket. I was like, okay. So um, his mix hit number one on um, Mass Pool was my first number one there. Um, and overseas it got um, licensed to another label. Um, so it's doing well. Everything's doing good so far.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, have a question for All I have to say is Paul Goodyear, Yeah, Paul Goodyear. with the right one.
2: Oh yeah, Paul Goodyear, me and him have definitely worked on several of my songs and he's also the one that brings the real, you know, to the remixes instead of... And it's
0: a serious devotee, Sylvester. Oh, he, oh, his
2: cat's Girl, name, you gotta Sylvester. find a mic to speak into <laughs> yeah. when you're talking. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Share. It's uh, Pride Week, folks.
1: (laughs) Share the love. Um, I
2: don't know if you're familiar with Paul Goodyear's Cat Sylvester, but he has a cat named Sylvester. I'm aware of Sylvester. You are. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, so he's really dedicated, and I wanted to use people like that. Um, We have um, Julius Papp on the remix team as well, and he brought an awesome um, mix on it. Um, The original producer is Bill Williams. I've been working with him. Um, this Mighty Row is my ninth EP. I'm working on a new EP that's already recorded. I'll tweak a song called Body Language coming out this year. I did a um, single for an overseas label called Mystery, which is wonderful. And I have another single called Meet Me on the Dance Floor coming out next year.
1: You heard that, ladies and gentlemen. You're gonna be meeting Amore out there on the on club the dance, dance floor. floor. Yes, yes. Well, let's go around the room right now and just everyone introduce yourselves. Uh, let's start with you, Sean.
6: Hi, everybody. My name is Sean Haynes. I feel like this is my uh, millionth time on the show, but I always love coming back.
1: I just saw you on the local news, I think. Yeah,
6: that's what yeah. I told him.
1: Well, welcome back to House of Pride. We'll get in your story uh, real soon. Next.
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Eli. And uh, tweak it. I don't what has been over a year and a half, I think, since been I, too long. the last time I came over here. So I've missed you. I haven't seen enough of you. I'm welcome so back. And
1: everyone who doesn't know, uh, she's a fabulous hairdresser.
0: (laughs) Uh, And a hardcore Donna Summer fan. And yes. Like, I know anything Donna And champagne toaster.
1: Uh, It's never (laughs) burnt. Uh (laughs) And next we have a wonderful photographer here with us on House of Pride Radio.
7: Yeah, I'm uh, Darrell Pettitier. I've been in the photograph of the community for 10 years now. So I do everything in the LGBT community from Sacramento down to San Diego. Great!
1: Wow, well, right? I see your name all over the place in your f- uh, photographs. Keep the fire burning! And out in the green room, we have a couple folks. Come on in here. Let us know who's out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a party here at House of Pride Radio. Uh, just come right up to a microphone. Who do we have here? Hey, how are you, honey? Good. How are you? Sit on the Murray's lap. <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
8: Nails I can good. still find the hole. <laughs> All right, introduce, introduce
1: yourself. Welcome.
8: I am King Khalil Monroe. I am Mr. Gay San Francisco.
1: Wow. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, hold that thought. We're going to uh, put on a Tony Moran track featuring Martha Washington. Then we'll try to get him live on the telephone. Uh, I think he's in either Texas or New York. He'll, he'll surprise us. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Make me work. for House of Pride Radio live on the telephone I hope he can hear us. The one and only Tony Moran. Are you there?
9: I am here. I'm so happy to get... so. Thank you for calling me. Thank you for calling me. I'm so excited to talk to all you people out there in San Francisco because I'm on my way there to kick your asses.
1: <laughs> yes, coming this weekend.
9: <laughs>
1: We've got a full room here of your fans. Let's go around real fast. Everyone say hi to Tony.
2: Hello, Tony. This is Amore.
9: How are you? I'm doing fine. How about you? I'm excited. My bags packed. Okay. You know. Okay. I'm, feeling, I'm feeling my Debra Coxness. So I pack your bag. <laughs> oh, no, that's Whitney, actually. Sorry, Giga
2: <laughs> <either. laughs> Yes, we look forward to seeing you out here.
1: Everyone else, just say hi real fast. We want to get into Tony's hey, Tony. story.
9: Hi, hey,
2: Tony. All right, all hi, right. There.
9: Hi, everybody.
1: <laughs> it's fabulous, Tony. You're coming out. Uh, you're leaving tomorrow. Tell us about the show.
9: I'm leaving. Well, so I'm leaving tomorrow, and I wanted to get there a day early so I could just like soak up all of. the all of the wonderful energy that is part of San Francisco and part of the, of of this summer holiday season. And we're going to have lunch and, 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 and drinks on Friday, right? During the day. You and I Tweeka.
1: and um, absolutely.
9: And and so I mean, there's nothing like San Francisco in the summer. And I just, um, I just feel so, so, uh, so great. So grateful to be there. Um, with all these wonderful, talented people, I'm going to be DJing with my real good friend Danny Toro, um, who I uh, adore his energy. And just just, you know, working for Cecil, I'm gonna
1: like turn it out. Yeah, uh, yes. The party's called Heat. Is that correct?
9: Heat, exactly.
1: And we are saying that's going to be over on Utah Street, 119 Utah Street uh the great northern 119 utah street Mm -hmm. folks if you haven't gotten your tickets yet go right now this is an event you do not want to miss heat i feel it already it's getting hot in here
9: (laughs) yeah so i'm going to do a special thing like you know danny toro who's got this amazing european latin hot energy which is all associated with tea we're going to do like special like set together where we're just going to go back to back You know, we're just going to do like, you know, like Tony versus Danny kind of thing where we're just going to just like feed off of each other's energy, and we're going to be really excited about like people being there with us to help us feed off that.
1: Wow. It is a party not to be missed. It's a classic San Francisco night, and Eli, you know about like like these big club nights, huh?
9: It's Mm -hmm. great. You know what I love about San Francisco (laughs) is just that, you know, people participate and they go to other they go to other events and it's not just going to one thing and then like call it knife. It's basically like enjoying um, you know the, first of all, your weather your weather's amazing uh, during this time of year. And you know I know that people are going to be doing other things, and so I want to get there a day early. I mean it's, you know, it's pretty much like gay pride all around, you know, but like the United States of America. During this some one weekend, I don't know why everybody compresses it. So I'm going to be there in San Francisco on Thursday and Friday, and then I'm going to Seattle on Saturday and then New York on Sunday. But I'm starting it off in San Francisco.
1: Yes. And besides this uh, amazing event that you guys are going to be DJing at, you are, you've just dropped a new dance song.
9: I I did, I dropped a new dance song with my good friend, uh, Jason Walker, and it's entering the Billboard uh, Dance Trust this week, and it's called Perfect Bitch, which is, um, (laughs) like, like, well, (laughs) it's a love song. It's a love song. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta start somewhere. I mean, you know, it's like, yes, my love begins in the sewer, but that's where I was born anyway, you know what I mean? (laughs) So... So basically, it's it's a it's a love song that kind of just like shares that I want to be everything that you've ever wanted in someone, and there's no way for me to say it romantically except that I want to be your perfect bitch. Wow. And so it's wow. so it is a love song in that way.
1: Ooh, it sounds hot and steamy. That's a message that I get on Grinder all the time.
9: <laughs> it's just coming out, and if, you know, if, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm always writing these songs, and I have all these divas. So like, I write these songs, and I'm like. I could hear somebody's voice. It could be like Martha Walsh, it could be Deborah Cox. And it was like, as I'm writing them, I could hear them singing in my head, you know what I mean? And so, and then when I write for Jason, who is the perfect male, you know, part of that, like I hear him singing in it and I get really, you know, I record everybody, up, you know, personally. And wow. so I have to be in the room with them and just like feeding off of that energy of these you know, people that have so much enthusiasm mm-hmm. toward their craft. You know, just really, it just it's it's very satisfying.
1: Yeah, you you and Jason have a great relationship. You're just coming off an, a number one collabor- collaboration a few months ago.
9: We yeah, um, and we've done like we've done like our last four singles have gone all number one. Which is not about like reaching that goal, but it's just like us like getting into a studio together. It's changing ideas and writing stuff yeah. down and bringing in all kinds of other really talented people, whether they're singers, songwriters, musicians, mm-hmm. engineers, or whatever. And so, like, everybody goes into the room, like, just trying to knock it out. Yeah. Like, not knock it out for the Gipper. Like, everybody, it's a collaboration where, like, we're not, like, saying who, who's doing more than whoever doing it. Everybody just wants a chance at the plate. And so it really is a team effort. And that really applies to so a lot of the people that I've worked with. It's, just like, it's like I love working with talented people, but it's like you can't be the only person in the room. Like We go. just gotta go in there like a team.
1: I like and that. So that's what, uh, yeah, that's great. You know that feeling. Mm, yeah, you know? that's a, words of wisdom. Uh, let me ask my um, local luminaries here if they have a question for you, Tony, if you don't mind. Anyone? Uh, Not at all. Uh, who wants to go first? Eli.
0: Hotel, is this the Hotel Utah that we're, he's going to be at? Heat? Yeah. Nice venue. Has everyone been there? No, not particularly. It's cute. Mm-hmm. It's a really cute venue and it's going to be mm-hmm. fun to mm-hmm. hear all of this uh, Tony's explaining.
1: Uh, Eli's too shy to ask you but he, he wants to know what, un- what kind of underwear are you wearing? <laughs>
9: <laughs> well, you know what? Like, at this, at this phase in life, mm-hmm. I'm into colors. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have a question. <laughs> I have a question for Tony. That i you know, like I don't really have to wear underwear all the time. You know, I'm not trying to give anything away. It's just that, like, underwear is just not a black and white country anymore. Like, there's nothing there's nothing better than having a little bit of piece of rainbow, like, t- tucked underneath your jeans, you know?
1: Mm. El fresco. Uh, okay, <laughs> Maury has a question for you, Tony. Hello, Tony. Okay. Um, this is a Amore. Um,
2: you are a true legend in the business. Um... Some of the young people need to discover just who you are. I know who you are. I've been um, working for a, a long time with um, Drew Sylvester and Jeannie Tracy, and you know had, we with Fantasy Honey Records back in the day. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, yes. Okay, great. I am,
9: and I love Jeannie.
2: Okay, great. Um, we did a collaboration on Mighty Real, that's out now. Um, and we wanted to do it um, sort of like what you're saying, a collaboration of all the musicians that brought what they can bring to the table to create a beautiful project, and I think we came out with that. Um, people here should know and they should uh, always know who the pioneers in this business is because it's very important for us to keep that alive. Um, so you have in your heart and your enthusiasm from what I can hear over the phone, and still loving what you do is very valuable for people to hear. So I commend you for that, sir.
9: Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. I so, mean, like I go in there, and it's like um, I go into the studio, and like you don't know what's gonna come out of it. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know that you're going into it, right. and that you're gonna give it, give it everything you have, you've got. Mm-hmm. Whether, whether you just lost your cell phone, or whether mm-hmm. like you know, or mm-hmm. or something. You know, or something something happens that can affect your day. But right. like when you go into the studio, it's not about being pure. It's just like you want to be able to make available, okay. like everything that puts life together, and you want to be able to apply it to a creative thought. And so mm-hmm. it could wind up becoming like you know, tr- you know, transition. Like I love, I love what what when Jeannie Tracy sent me the Mighty Real track. I was like, oh my god. You know, it's like there's nothing better than bringing something back that you're oh, so you personally already heard on the track that really we did. For like you put your own personal feeling into it. Right. I just feel like it's worth going into the studio every time. Like okay. whether you, whether you wanna you don't want to plan a number one mm-hmm. song or something mm-hmm. like that. You just want to be able to give it everything you got. I hope that that comes across.
2: Oh, it does. It does come across on your in your voice and and your commitment to what you do as well. Um, I look forward to hearing more from you, um, and you coming out here. I will be there in the front row to see you as well.
9: Well, thank you. That's an <laughs> honor, and that's
1: that's this much Saturday, Amori. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to listen. Actually, we are, uh, Maury. You are going to hear new music from Tony and Jason because I downloaded yeah. uh, Tony the um, uh, the perfect bitch track. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, the number three. Uh, I guess most added breakout wow. this week? Uh, the, well, I think that was last week. It's probably on the charts now. Do you know where it is right now, Tony, by any chance?
9: Well, the chart doesn't come out until tomorrow, but it, it, but but, it, but uh, on the first week out, it was like the most added song by VOVA reporters all around the country, DJs, that, you know, that, that they have to make a choice right. of what it is that they're feeling right now. And, um, and sometimes, you know, it's just in the case of Jason with these songs that we've done back to back, we just like, you know, we just can't, Apply how we're going to work mm-hmm. on a song mm-hmm. to a chart. We just have to give it our best, and that's the reason that people charted it before. Whether it's a song called "So Happy," you know, or you know, and you know, and other songs that we've done together. Like I was introduced to Jason Walker by Junior Vasquez, and he let me, he let me work with Junior. Let me work on a song for him called "Set It Free" that Jason sang on. And then I asked Junior if I could let Jason re-sing it, mm-hmm. and Jason came into the room, and it just was like. The perfect love story of two creative artists like wanted to do their best with each other. And that's wow. the same like with Deborah and if you know other people I've worked with, you know, you just go in there and everybody just lets their hair down. Everybody just gives it their all. And there are no hours. They just want to do it until they've done their best. Great. And so, um, so Perfect Bitch is like the first words of that song are even in the afterlife, I want your aftertaste. <laughs> and once you write something like that, mm-hmm. it's just like yeah, you you
1: help yourself. You know? so <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, well, <laughs> anyway, let's. I'm
9: happy to have written that. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: we're going to give it a, a play right here on House of Pride Radio. Yes, are you guys ready? It. Let's yes, hear it. Yes, we are. Yeah, let's,
9: let's
1: play it. <laughs> Tony, thank you let's so much it. for joining us again here on House of Pride, uh, especially this week, uh, Pride week and weekend yes. coming up. There you go. Everyone go out and, and check. I'm
9: going to see you on Friday during the day.
1: Right. Yeah, we're going to hang out. All right, Tony. Everyone say goodbye all to legendary Tony Moran. Time. All
2: right.
9: Get <laughs> there.
1: All right, folks. Here it is. Perfect Bitch, Tony Moran featuring Jason Walker. Right, our show's really moving along fast. What a fabulous show. Thanks, everyone, for coming out. That, of course, was Tony Moran featuring Jason Walker, the new song Perfect Bitch, shooting up uh, Billboard charts already. That was great. Uh, we're gonna, we are going to get into our local luminary governments here. Uh, we have so many folks. Let's start with uh, Kaylee. Am I pronouncing your name correct? Khalil. he You are the uh, Mr. Gay San Francisco, 2019. Correct, the first trans Mr. Gay San Francisco. Tell us about that journey.
8: Oh, it's it's been, I've been with the Imperial Council for a few years. I want to say since Mercedes ran, Mercedes got me involved in the council and raising Mercedes money for Monroe. the community. I lost the first pageant, but never stopped because I don't need a title to have a platform. It's about the community and helping the community. But it's also about bringing in the younger community and, when you're trans especially the trans males they feel real isolated and so I wanted to be able to touch the ground where they would feel wanted and they didn't have to hide in shame you know to be trans is extremely hard it's
1: I remember your journey when I was a dj at balance you were in the midst of that
8: absolutely it's been an incredible journey it's been a challenging journey I mean it's a lot of surgeries and stuff, and a lot of ridicule, too. You know, it's also being respected because it's true. You've known me since before my transition started. So you always get the people who want you to be who they met you as instead of who you are. Yeah.
1: Bye, Amore. Everyone say goodbye to Amore. Bye. Bye. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Thank you. uh, your family is supportive, correct?
8: Mm-hmm. Okay. For the most part.
1: Well, yeah. you have children.
8: Correct. I have seven biological and seven adopted I also have my high school students so I have a whole high school of kids
1: wow so you're one of these people that are drawn to family I would say
8: I would say more drawn drawn to you know we are one and all are one you know so it's it's a matter of just understanding where I come from that if everybody took one second out of their day to check on somebody else the world would be a better place. We get so wrapped up in ourselves and forgetting about other people's problems. Nobody wants to hear about other people's problems, but you want everybody to hear about ours and that's not really how it works. You know, you have to learn to live in a life and be transparent and be selfless.
1: Mm -hmm. Now you're a teacher as well.
8: Yes, I teach um, motivational. So I teach urban African-American girls.
1: Did you have the same students uh, during your transition?
8: no but a lot of my students cuz I teach in my son's high school so a lot of the students knew who I was before but it's it's really interesting that when a student slips and says she how quick they are to step up and say no that's he you know which is nice because it's it's unfortunate sometimes that children are more respectful than adults you know, and that's the big thing in our community. And that's the biggest thing that I fight for is, is that the gay community is a minority amongst the group of minorities. And there's so much racism within our own community. How do we expect other people to respect us? If we can't respect ourselves as a community.
1: Amen. Yes. <laughs> Preach. Uh, so tell us about your, what are your obligations now that you are Mr. Gay San Francisco, Absolutely. 2019.
8: It's been a lot of traveling this year. Um, we, I just came back from Reno, and um, Nikki Vatan, who is the who was the prior empress who just stepped down, she actually awarded me the Citizen of Life Award, which is the highest award you can win when you travel outside of state. So that was truly an honor, you know, definitely an honor. Thank you. It was definitely an honor. Unexpected, very humbling. You know, I don't feel like, I get people all the time that come up and say, oh, you know, you're such a phenomenal person, or you've inspired me, and I just don't see it you know, because it's, it's very humbling.
0: You know, they say that in transitioning, uh, two areas of, of, of getting comfortable is with family and then with coworkers. And I just wondered how that's impacted you in your journey.
8: Well, I mean, you know, with my children especially, it's kind of split. So I have some children that still call me mom, and then I have some that call me king, Then I have someone that call me pop. You know, so it it can be rough, you know, and and I try to explain to people this. You cannot make me who I was. You can only treat me for who I am, you know, but I do understand. I know Angela still lives here because without Angela, I couldn't be the man I am today. So she is a part of he and he is a part of her. But I think it's a matter of just acceptance and respect to understand that that person is still there i think for my children the biggest thing was them feeling like they lost the mother Mm -hmm. but their whole life i was their mother and their father so they didn't lose they just gained they have the best of both worlds Mm
1: -hmm. all right oh you raised them single you raised them yourself yes
8: i had four children at 21.
1: did you always identify as a male even in your youth
8: i did You know, but living in, you know, I was born in 1969, so, you know, living in that world, you know, you had to put on a facade Mm -hmm. and live for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I waited until my mother passed away in all due respect to transition.
0: I kind of feel like it's being in the closet, you're gay in the closet, but then you're in the closet again because of an identity you're struggling to identify with. And that makes it really hard.
8: Absolutely. And then, you know, Again, our community is so brutal. It is so brutal, especially with trans people. It is very brutal in our community. You know, in the Castro, you don't see trans women out there. You see them on Polk Street, they're shunned over there. Mm-hmm. The trans males are barbacks. You know, you don't see them often either. When does that stop? What's when does br- it stop? What is the brutal? It's the brutalness of it is, is that you have to look at it this way. Like you said, I was she most of my life. So now that I'm here, if I date men, well, you could have just been straight. You know, why do you wait to do this? Or vice versa. So there's so much scrutiny, but why is that always a relevance? What somebody does in their own personal life? Because I was never gay, never. I was just a man, but unfortunately I was born she. So I was never a lesbian. So even when I go like to lesbian parties to support friends, oh, the looks I get, you know, oh, that turn up of the nose. You know, mm-hmm. and you read, like, especially on my Facebook, I'll read, you know, a lot of the lesbians will say, oh, we're losing all our studs. They're all becoming men. Oh. Is okay. that right?
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. That's news to me. I've not known this was the undercurrent.
8: Yeah, this happening. is definitely the undercurrent. It's
1: something you, you, you know, you don't think about, but now that you well, put a spotlight on les- it. The yeah. the
0: lesbian community is, I'm, where are they is the question I have a lot of the time mm-hmm. here in San Francisco. The lesbian community? Yeah. They're like shunned
8: by the gay men and it's unfortunate See, and, part it's, of the brutality. and it's part of the brutality as well and that, again it says there's so much racism within our own community so how can we ever get the respect if we can't fight together we need to stand together for each other mm-hmm. not against each other.
1: Mm-hmm. Sean I want to bring you in here because a lot of the things you're doing right now um,
6: centers around um, uh, bringing people together can you yes. tell us about it? Um, I thought that this was a brilliant segue into talking about some of the work that we are doing Um, just today or actually on Tuesday this week the Board of Supervisors voted to um, make official the Castro as a cultural district in it is called the Castro LGBTQ cultural district and for me when anything is named LGBTQ I want to make sure and the people that we work together with want to make sure that it is representing LGBTQ and so um, that entity is becoming official and um, we got a lot of press about it I was on TV the other day and um, I know that for the future we are going to be having an official advisory board for which I have been desperately looking for Um, you know, trans women and trans men. Uh, We have some people who have nominated. I've I've nominated myself. Um, But I have definitely gone out to different communities and said, hey, do you know anybody who can help this body um, be diverse, but also to help the uh, purpose of an LGBT cultural district be diverse so that we can have these very serious conversations? Um, I know personally, because of the work that I do in the community that I've heard from the trans community, both male and female, about the lack of feeling the acceptance of being in the Castro specifically. Uh-huh. And that is something that I've been asked by multiple trans people and something that I hold in my heart is to, to work, to address. And so I look for people to help nominate some people to <laughs> be on that advisory board so that we can do those things. But I also look to the youth, who have said specifically that we don't feel that the castro is the most exciting inviting place for us and that they definitely want to be more inclusive of what happens there but also to have the intergenerational connection to be able to speak from someone who was like myself at 19 who got kicked out you know it took me a while to identify the elders that i could you know, learn from and be guided by. And I know that the youth in the Castro area are desperately seeking that sort of connection. And we have some events, but they're so few and far between um, that I feel like the cultural district will be a great asset to help bring the community together uh, because the Castro, just like every other community has its challenges, both sociological, but also um, economic, you know, um, it, is a community that is experiencing the same sets of gentrification and economic issues that are making it difficult for people to start businesses or people to maintain their businesses. And these are some of the things that I know I wanna work with others to address. Yes. So I came to the show today to talk about that.
1: Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I'm glad to have you. And yes, um, I think that now that it has become, that it'll have more funds to work with to, um, mm-hmm. I think, to shore up mm-hmm. the identity, keep uh, keep it from being homogenized even more than it, it has <laughs> has been. Um, e- Eli, did I read that you are in transition as well? Where did you read that? I thought I saw that on your Facebook That's page.
0: Hilarious, but probably actually, <laughs> I've been <laughs> flirting with androgyny that's the word i like to use. Uh, that's different I, it, and it's 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 actually just sort of an umbrella term and then here's the non-binary we keep hearing about these different pronouns how you want to be called or referred to so now at this stage in my life i've just said whatever you see address me as i'm gonna accept that and then i often get what do you want so i end up saying look, tonight I'm feeling this. And I'm not necessarily feeling male. And I'm, I'm, maybe I'm feeling more female today. And this is what I'm, and that's how I answer it. And they're fine with it. I'm often found in the 440 (laughs) (laughs) Castro bar. And, and I have to tell you, listening to these conversations about um, the acceptance level and the the brutality that we talked about—it's it's a little different for me. I'm feeling very welcome in this transition. Whatever I'm feeling and going through at this stage in my life has been been welcomed so far in so far in a very nice way. So, but I had a question for you, yes. and that was when you mentioned about the youth, yes, and they're um, desperate for that connection with the generational uh, closing that gap with the other generation, upper older generation is it is the reverse happening does the older generation want to close that gap
6: with the youth (laughs) (laughs) i see some heads shaking um but i can also say that we have always multiple sides of our community i know because i interact with a lot of seniors that i know that those seniors definitely want that connection um i know uh, that uh, last year we had an in, a couple of intergenerational conversations at the LGBT Center, um, also put on by the LGBT Speakers Bureau, which I've been a part of for years. And so we had a couple of interge- intergenerational conversations. And I know that there is a group, um, I forget what their name is called right now, but there, it's a senior-led group, and that they seem to be moving in that direction but there can always be more. Um, and I feel like um, I know that I'm doing the best I can as, a, as, a, as one person to notice all the different pieces of this huge puzzle that we call queerness in San Francisco. But now that we have a cultural district for the Castro, and even though it's the cultural district for the Castro, I. And reaching out to the trans cultural district and the leather cultural district and even some of the other ones to like start to like How can we begin to have these conversations that we need to have together? Because um, we talked about the youth and we talked about trans But we also need to talk about how to make the Castro much more accepting and inclusive of women Because uh, I've heard from a lot of women that hey, you know there, there used to be a pass where you could go down there and have a good time, but you know, it's not always a good time, and there isn't places, and there isn't spaces.
0: So this is interesting. We all know Q-Bar. Well, a lot of uh, heterosexuals
8: go there, a lot of straights. Right, and that's not an issue, so that's never an issue when it's heterosexuals. It's an issue when it's a lesbian.
0: Interesting, because Castro is culturally the diverse gay mecca of the world, and that should... Under that mm-hmm. umbrella include lesbian and every uh, denomination
8: of but you also got to wonder culture. who you notice how that umbrella of names keeps getting broader and broader and mm-hmm. bigger and bigger. It does. That's because people are trying to find a name to fit in whatever is comfortable to somebody else. So they keep naming themselves whatever it is, and it's almost this. This thing, before we know it, it's not going to be LGBTQ. <laughs> it's going to be almost every letter in the alphabet. If we're it's there. Always, right, that's new, actually. It's, it's only
1: been two years since right, that queue. And, Q at, and it actually, it was longer, and then it got snapped back a little bit. And that's unfortunate,
8: right, that as, as, as human beings just alone, we are people. Why is it that we always have to find a name that is comfortable for other people to accept us when we should just be accepted for who we are, not for what we do behind closed doors? That's part of the conversation that has yeah. to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, there definitely
1: should be at least two lesbian bars in the Castro, for Christ's sakes. I would love <laughs> to see Wh- it. What happened? Bar in the Castro. I, I love my lesbian um, sisters. We're
6: I know <laughs> historians have said, yeah, we have had spaces, but other than the Q bar, I don't know um, of parties that happened for the. A lot of it's. Isn't Oakland. it uh, the price? Like, no, like, the price
1: of doing business in the Castro has changed. So, yes. one entity owns a lot of the venues and so you have that a lot of mom-and-pop stores closed remember the wild card store around the corner Mm -hmm. love that store it's gone Uh you know think maybe that's part of the puzzle
6: Yeah. Uh, Well, I I don't want to be remiss here because I'm a part of a lot of our LGBT community because I love you all. Um, But the bi community also is something that does not feel that there is almost any representation at all. Uh And I've been working with a collective as I came on the show last time to talk about the effort to organize a bi conference. And my group of bi friends have been doing a great job um, at SF BiCon to have a lot of events across the course of this year, leading up to a much larger um, forum where we can have different panelists and different speakers and different uh, presenters talk about the experience of being bi in San Francisco. Um, and I think that that is a really important thing. Um, and I believe, you know, as long as I'm a part of the cultural district for the Castro and, or anything related to being gay in the city, that I will definitely put my support behind making sure those happen.
1: I think uh, Castro is big enough to have all uh, colors of the rainbow.
8: Yes. It's not that Castro's not big enough, it's the people's it's minds the people's needs people's need to be big enough.
1: Well, luckily, there are folks with the <laughs> rainbow brain. I got a rainbow brain. I got one. I got one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Daryl, don't leave. We want to get into your story because you photograph a lot of us. I want to hear about it. First, I want, I've got to debut this song. We're gonna, we have to call Miami real fast and speak to Ray Quell. He has a new song out that it's a pride theme, and he wants us to uh, shine a light on it real fast. So we're going to do that, nice. talk to him, and folks, don't go anywhere. The name of this song is Love Is The Answer. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing that is the answer. Pride week here in San Francisco around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, live from Miami, Mr. Ray Grell. Can you hear us?
10: Hey, you all. How you doing?
1: Doing good. How are you guys doing? Hey, we got a full, full green room of local luminaries, Ray. uh, It's not just me. Everyone say hi to Ray over in Miami. Hi! Hi. (laughs) We're digging your song. Tell us about it.
10: Which one? Love is the answer, the one you were just playing? Yeah. Well, that's my anthem to uh, to uh, our community. community. I wrote that song. don't really like to write a lot of political stuff, and, but uh, I actually wrote that song back when Bush was in office. And uh, it's funny. <laughs> Everything I wrote about it then is still relevant today that much has changed
1: it's a universal message
10: yes, yes.
1: fabulous so what are you doing this uh, to uh, celebrate Pride this year
10: well I'm heading to New York City on Friday and uh, joining all the festivities So, uh, um, I have a, a couple of uh, clubs I'm going to do a surprise visit to and, and uh, sing a couple of songs and of course, uh, walking, marching in the parade on Sunday, and uh, just uh, looking forward to uh, to seeing everybody out there. You'll have to forgive Sounds me. Sounds fun. I wish I'm I could recuperating go. from a uh, a bad cold that left me with laryngitis, and I I finally have a little bit of my voice back.
1: I was wondering. I you hope. sound different. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
10: Yeah. Well, that's it. Lucky I can even talk. Last well, week, I uh, there was no sound coming out, so I'm actually on vocal rest because uh, I'm going to have to sing next week. So, uh,
1: so let me save voice. your voice, Ray. Uh, tell tell the folks though before you go where you can where we can go get that hot song. Love is the answer.
10: Well, love is the answer is available on all um, all digital outlets. Uh, if you don't want to buy it, you can listen to it on YouTube. If you go to my webpage, will uh, you can access all that. Um, it's everywhere. Uh, basically, available digitally.
1: Great. You heard it, folks, from Ray himself. Love is the Answer is available on iTunes, all major distribution sites, go uh, download it. We're going to play a little bit more. Ray, thank you so much for joining us on House of Pride Radio. We'll talk to you again soon, and happy Pride. Everyone say goodbye to Ray.
5: Love, is love
1: guys. <laughs> <laughs> Love is the answer, Eli. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good pride song. I've it been. I love finding songs that work for like yeah. the pride parade. And
0: those fist, fist songs, like
1: you Good fist energy. Up in
0: what? Up in the air. Oh, okay. not up.
1: Did you? How did you win your Mr. Gay San Francisco title? Did you have to perform live, huh? Oh yeah, it
8: was a pageant. Ooh.
1: What does game Mr. San Francisco wear for evening wear?
8: I wore an, um very interesting, I wore a silver suit jacket that had um, stallions on it, because stallions represent strength, you know, so that mm-hmm. was the motto.
1: All right, and that was the winning ticket. Yes. I think it was interview. Daryl, were you there taking photos? I was not. You got to get a mic. Oh. <laughs> get a, share a mic, sir.
7: No, first I was um, in Southern California for that weekend.
1: Well, tell us about your photography career. I, I, I see your name all the time. You're, you're always at events.
7: Yeah, so I started 10 years ago on New Year's Eve with Michael Brandon. Hired me to do his New Year's Eve show in the East Bay. Um, it was him, Bruce Fidans, the comic, uh, Michael and eight porn star friends. <laughs> as small as the community is you tag one person on social media and everyone knows who you are um probably working with drag queens you know here and there nightclubs all that um another photographer worked for a media company called edge media network um we in 28 cities across america and he just got burned out of being up to two three four in the morning and said here you're young you take over So, I've been with the company five years now. Um, All the other photographers in California and Nevada have kind of slowly moved away. And my editor called me up from Boston one day saying, "Uh, Yeah, we're going to send you to L.A. Pride. Pack your bags. You're going. Oh. Yeah, so I got to do L.A. Pride the last few years. I'm doing San Diego in two weeks. uh, Long Beach. Um, I had to find them. They actually get me to send me to... Las Vegas, I did a pool party, Mother's Day weekend, so it's um, living on the fast lane.
1: Yes, wow, you're, you're going places, going, getting to see it all. I wish I, I could go to Long Beach Pride, and that sounds fun. It's
7: very cool to see how other prides do it outside of San Francisco. Um, I talked to a friend last year for at LA Pride, they looked at me funny because I walked up to get the media pass to get on the parade route. And Tony said, geez, where are all the police barriers? And they looked at me funny. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, San Francisco, we have over a million people on the parade road. It's nuts. Yeah, um, uh, (laughs) this is LA. You should have as many people out, and they have like a tenth of what we have up here. Right.
6: Yeah. They don't have gates either down there. No,
7: they don't. Um, We have more gates this week. Yeah, the gates this year for L.A. Pride. Um, mm. San Diego is cool. You yeah, got all the military that will come out for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, Long beach yeah is Did cool. you hear that, Eli?
1: Yeah,
6: <laughs> <laughs> in the
7: name. <laughs> B- <laughs> Book your Southwest <laughs> <laughs> ticket now. Yeah, um, I'm going to San Diego. You know, Long Beach is literally on the beach, right next to Creamery, which I think would be a great, great drag name. Not appropriate. Um, yeah. That's a
8: hotel, too, right?
7: Yeah. Yes. Um, long, uh, Vegas is coming up you? do theirs in late October or in November
1: where can the folks go do you have a website where we can see your photos I'm
7: working on one now but if you go to Edge Media Network and just look for Daryl Pelletier mm-hmm. and then I'm all over social media I'm social media hog
1: yeah so <laughs> even on Facebook probably yeah, far, yeah. find Yeah. Facebook,
7: Twitter I have all the yeah.
1: love. I like your accent I'm tra- I was trying to pen it Sean can you guess
6: no I'm usually really good at guessing though yeah.
1: I, I'm going to say uh, Ireland?
7: A little bit of Irish, yes. Oh.
1: All right. <laughs> <Here now. laughs> uh, God, Comcast is calling me like crazy. Uh-oh. That means I didn't pay my bill, right? <laughs> 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 you bought those home Would you kids? like to upgrade? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, wow. You're living it. You're yeah. living the dream. I love it. Um, folks, we're at the end of our show, so I want to go around and everyone tell us what you'll be doing for... San Francisco Pride this weekend uh let's start with you
8: (laughs) oh we'll be on a float and I will be working the gates from the the Mystic
1: A San Francisco float
8: um it will be all the Imperial the Emperor Empress ICPs we're all on one float
1: god it better be a big float
8: it is you know we have tiers so it holds is
1: Mercedes gonna be on the top
8: no Mercedes is no Baby Shakes and Terrell Grimes are actually Emperor and Empress oh okay so um you know, we'll all be on the float, and then we all work the gates to raise money, you know, for different... Did you,
1: do you have designated places on the float, or are you just going to pine for the best places?
8: No, I think, you know, knowing my lovely emperor and empress, I'm sure that we have our pine place. Is,
1: is the float shaped like a giant stiletto?
8: We haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. Ooh. What okay.
1: could it be? What was it last year? Do you know?
8: I don't think we had a float last year. I didn't go last year. I was... Um, somewhere last year, I forgot, but, you know, I do a lot of traveling right now, too, so I'm getting my fundraisers ready for the end of the year. Right, it's all
1: about raising money for good causes. Because I'm doing the, um,
8: I wanted, um, my fundraiser of choice is the Make-A-Wish Foundation, so I want to adopt a -A Make-A-Wish family, because it's bridging that gap, you know, bringing the other communities in. We all know somebody who's lost a child, so making a child's last dream come true, so... That's been my, my focus right now is, is getting those fundraisers together and finding people to match what we raise. And
1: Yeah, you go. You go do it. Uh, where can folks go to follow you?
8: Um, Kylo O'Reilly on Facebook. Not real popular. You know, just thousands somewhat friends, maybe two.
1: Well, maybe now you'll have 1,013 <laughs> after this show. Oh, it represents our <laughs> listeners. Daryl, what will you be doing? Oh, right. You'll be in Long Beach or L.A.? Uh, I'll
7: be up here this weekend oh. covering the festival, parade, VIP party. I'm always in a tie-dye, so i easily stand out.
1: You are right now, folks. Yeah. He's wearing a rainbow tie-dye. The, Absolutely. Yeah, yes. l- lovely. Uh,
0: Eli? Okay, so for me, what am I doing for Pride? Okay, so Get out your list. Friday, I've got the Trans March uh, over at Mission Dolores. Oh, yes. And that's going to be exciting. It's a pretty much all day event. As uh, you notice, I might, you might notice I'm wearing my little trans colored beret uh, pin. Um, I'm really focusing this year on trans rights and activism and just really focusing. Putting energy into that cause because it's a very important one. Later that night, I have an invite to a house party, which I'm excited about over in Castro. It's a pride party. And then, of course, what happens next day? It was a Saturday. There's another, the Dyke March
1: is happening.
0: And so I will be at a house party to... Watch the Dyke March begin. And house party? Away. Who's house party? Donna yes, I Yes, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it, well anyway, it's one of somebody who works at the 440. But um, so I'm excited about that party, and then of course Sunday is the big day.
1: Yes. Yeah, so are you going to be on the float?
0: I'm not. I'm not going to be in the or the parade. I was in the in the parade last year.
1: And what I did actually, you do last year in the I parade? I was with
0: the Gavin Newsom contingency. And I marched with them, and once we got to 4th and Market, we're talking about the rails that close in on you and the millions of people around you. I actually got a panic attack and I had to exit. I had to, my heart just Did fell you off. climb over the railing? I did, <laughs> shamelessly, but it was in won, drag. I had to do it. You, know, you lost a heel out. somewhere <laughs> on Market Street. I not care. <laughs> so, yeah, not this year. I'm going to just hang out in Castro on
1: Sunday. There are way too many. What happened to the small parade? God.
0: I know, right?
1: Huh. So. I'm going to be sleeping on Sunday. No uh, Oh, my God.
6: I'm so jealous. <laughs> 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 I,
1: well, I, I guess I'll go, and then we'll go to you, Sean. I'm going to, speaking of our lesbian friends, uh, come to the Wild Side West Friday and Saturday night. I'll be DJing uh, the Wild Side West all night long. There's going to be a drag king show uh, on Saturday, so I would love to see some folks come on by. There's
8: also another lesbian party on Sunday called Vita Balji. Where's that going to be at? At Holy Cow. So that's the party I'll be attending.
1: All right. We'll stop by Wild West Saturday if you're around. Always. All right. Sean, last but not least.
6: I will be doing everything. (laughs) And and everybody. (laughs) Well, I don't know about everybody. I don't, I mean, I I like everybody. I don't know if I'm going to be doing everybody. But I will be doing everything. And so um, I represent a a Two organizations. Uh, I will be doing things with my nonprofit or organization called San Francisco Impact Partners. Um, Pride has been so generous to allow me to set up a goods donation uh, bin uh, at their volunteer check-in area, and the benefit there is that you get to skirt on into Pride a little bit faster than going through the main thing, and so. I'm looking for items that can go into a care package for our homeless community. Oh. Um, because I'm working on providing them care packages, but also providing them supportive infrastructure. So the rest of this year is going to be me fundraising to um, illustrate that supportive infrastructure. So we'll probably be at Castle Street Fair and stuff like that. Um, We will be marching um, in in addition to the Castro Cultural District, so you can march with us and hold the banner that I'm buying tomorrow for the Castro Cultural District or for San Francisco Impact Partners representing, you know, addressing our issues around poverty and homelessness in San Francisco. That was a message that I put forth last year when I was an honoree in the parade, and I was so excited to march down the street in the very front of the parade with my sign uh, because um, you, you know, it's really important that we address that as a city. And, um, and the cultural district will have a booth at uh, Pride Celebration. So definitely look out for that. Um, you'll see me there periodically, and you'll see me periodically at our goods collection uh, location, handing out information and just being available to answer questions about all these wonderful things that we're working on. Fabulous.
1: Busy, busy. Mm, yes. Well, everyone, we hope, we wish you here at House of Broad Radio. Everyone has a. Uh, glorious and fun and loving weekend here. I know it's going to be a lot of uh, people from the outside coming in, mm. uh, but let's welcome them as family uh, here in San Francisco. It's still a unique, unique place to be who you are, I think. I, we have challenges, but compared to other places, you know, uh, at least you have a chance here. Um, folks, we have to go, but before we do that, we've got to scoop over to New York City because my friend Poon Draker is going to give us her groove lines a 80 second um, uh, monologue Uh, this week she's doing a pride theme so let's go out with that shall we I just want to thank everyone for coming thank you so much I love you thank you for having us and come back again real soon right now here we go Poon Draker live from New York City
11: Good evening and welcome to Groove Lines. I'm Poon. You've been listening to House of Pride Radio, and we're gonna do it to you and your eardrums and send you off with a bang. The song that inspired this week's poem is straightforward yet contradicts itself. You tell me what you think, and happy pride to all. ejaculation. Ladies do it too, but not in the same garden hose way that those equipped with the traditional male sex organ do. No, when it comes to the female ejaculate, think ooze, think slippy river, slow-moving, think freshen up gum, Think little puffy pillow you nibble on. Think little puffy pillow which requires the correct but smallest amount of pressure to pop. Were a V to relax, it would surely start to flow downstream. My point being, I don't know if Frankie Goes to Hollywood is right, if letting go allows you to hold on. If you are so equipped and inclined, why not try it and report back?
12: national anthem christened uh, the black national anthem James Weldon Johnson was an American author educator lawyer diplomat songwriter writer, civil rights activist born in Jacksonville Florida In 1871, uh, one of the leaders of the National Association for Colored People, where he started working in 1917, 1920, was the first African American to be chosen as executive secretary of that organization. Imagine that now, starting in 1909. Whites had been the executive officers. He worked in that position from 1920 to 1930. U.S. consul to Venezuela. Talk about Venezuela in the news now as the U.S. again tries to intervene in someone else's government in this hemisphere and replace them with someone more acceptable, more oily. Um, become known as the Black National Anthem. James Weldon Johnson. So, yeah, we are... We are treating this week of uh, African-American history. We've also got... Uh, Reports on the Oakland teachers' strike and how artists are helping that strike. Four black leaders of the labor movement. The great Frank Robinson. Okay, we, sometimes we delve into sports here. A week or so ago, we lost uh, Frank Robinson. Real pioneer in uh, sports, in baseball. Microsoft workers are protesting a military deal. Hmm, we'll have to see what that's about. And of course, we have the labor beat. A true artist, someone who, whose art belongs to all those who love social justice. Juan Alicia Montoya needs help. Javita Idar, we talked about last week, I think. Taxes, tax the rich. That's where the money is. How about a maximum wage instead of a minimum wage? Huh? How about a maximum wage? Been a Republic of Honduras. Denver colleagues take a walk. And uh, a whole lot more. This is Labor and Love Radio. Let's listen right now to um, our World Labor Report, Radio Labor.
5: Labor.
13: This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, February 22nd, 2019. I'm Mark Boulanger. In the report this week, how unions are helping millions of refugees in Lebanon, the fight against profit-making education corporations in Africa, the World Day for Social Justice and singing... This is Radio Labour. There are 2 million refugees in Lebanon, making up 25% of the total population in the country. Unions are working to get the refugees needed public services and decent work. Marie Ainsborough reports.
14: Public Services International, the PSI, and Swedish unions have started a campaign to address a severe humanitarian crisis in Lebanon. The PSI is the global union which represents public employee unions at the world level. It has partnered with a number of Swedish unions to help ensure that more than 2 million refugees in Lebanon have access to quality public services and decent work. The refugees who have fled from the war in Syria make up more than 25% of the total number of people living in Lebanon. A major problem is that many people in Lebanon see the refugees as a burden on the Lebanese economy and a drain on public service funding. They see the refugees as competitors driving down wages. And so the PSI and its partner Swedish unions have started a public awareness campaign, arguing that it is important to promote equality and quality public services for all. Here are some of the Swedish labor leaders who are working on the project.
4: Refugee Project. Is focusing on two things one is to make sure that refugees in camps get access to quality public services get access to water to sanitation to electricity to schools to health care but the other part is also to make sure that the workers people that work in, in refugee camps also have trade union rights that they are paid in a sufficient way that working conditions, so it goes hand in hand to make sure that this works.
15: We really have to focus that this is not about that people are coming to your country trying to steal your job. This is actually people that you are supposed to work with
0: and be solidaric to. That's why you have to involve the trade union here to do capacity building with the members, to increase the knowledge uh, about the situation for the refugees, and also to work together in order to create jobs for all and decent jobs for all.
15: I think if we don't start somewhere, this is going to be not just the end for the trade union movement, but also the end of peace in
14: Europe. What's happening in Europe is the rise of right-wing populist movements which attack refugees and their rights. These movements are gaining ground in Germany, Hungary, Italy and France. They are also growing in Sweden. We have a debate back in Sweden
0: that is very much similar to other Western countries at the moment, where we have a right-wing populist parties trying to set the agenda and to put the groups against each other. We have resources in, in, in a lot of our countries that we, we want to distribute well but uh, they tend to say that uh, the immigrants are the cause of the, all the problems and, and to simplify reality. But I think what we should always be reminded of is that uh, human rights is
14: for everyone, uh,
0: regardless of borders.
14: Jean-Viev is the PSI's migration program coordinator.
0: PSI
4: has started the project in Lebanon together with Swedish trade unions, in order to give a lifeline to those in need. Syrian refugees and the local population are having difficulties accessing health. Many health facilities across the country are dangerously under-resourced and even short of the most basic equipment. sector to provide the right to health for everyone in Lebanon. This right to health is a shared responsibility. The global community must step up to this.
14: The PSI website is at www.world-psi.org.
13: have told African heads of state that their countries need to develop more quality public education systems and not partnerships with for-profit corporations. The labor leaders were attending a meeting of the African Union Assembly of Heads of State in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. Assisting the African labor leaders were representatives of Education International. EI is the global union for teachers and other educators. I talked to Angelo Gravilatos about the meeting in Addis Ababa. Mr. Gravalatos is the project director at EI, responsible for issues related to the privatization of education. I asked him, what is EI's biggest concern about education in Africa?
16: Well, Achieving quality public education for all in Africa is a priority for Education International. It's a priority for our member organisations across Africa. Last week, alongside the African Union Heads of State meeting in Addis Ababa, our elected leaders, our elected African leaders assembled in order to send a very clear message to their heads of state. And that clear message is summarized in three clear points. Number one, reject privatization and profit-making in education, prioritize the achievement of inclusive and equitable education, and realize the internationally agreed minimum level of investment necessary to achieve quality education for all, namely 6% of a country's GDP and not less than 20% of the national budget being allocated and invested in education.
13: I have heard that there are for-profit companies trying to take over the education systems of African countries, companies such as Bridge International Academies. Was this raised at the meeting in Addis Ababa?
16: Well, certainly last week in Africa, in Addis Ababa, our leaders did put the spotlight on uh, Bridge International Academies. Bridge International Academies is a U.S. corporation supported by intergovernmental agencies such as the World Bank, such as the U.K.'s aid agency, DFID, uh, Zuckerberg, Gates, the world's largest edu business, Pearson, they support this corporate actor, uh, aggressive in their own words, corporate actor that is seeking to exploit the aspirations of the poor across Africa. This is a for profit chain, it operates rather as a for profit chain in Kenya, Uganda, Nigeria, and in Liberia. It has been courtesy of a government the former government it uh, it operates a number of public schools that were outsourced to it bridge international academies it should be noted operates on the basis of maximizing profit at the expense of quality their business plan includes employing unqualified staff and a highly scripted model highly standardized model of education where these facilitators, they're not teachers, read word for word off the script, off a tablet and in facilities that the Ugandan minister described as putting the health and safety of students at risk.
13: February 20th is the World Day for Social Justice, a day set aside by the United Nations to remind people that the world needs to tackle issues such as unemployment, child labor, slavery, and the right to join a trade union. The U.N. agency specialized on matters of work in the world is the International Labor Organization. The ILO, which is celebrating its 100th anniversary this year, is strongly supported by the International Labor Movement. Guy Ryder, a trade unionist, is the ILO's Director General.
3: As we mark the World Day of Social Justice, global economic recovery hangs in the balance. Tipping that balance towards sustainable growth and development means tackling social injustice and my message today cannot be better expressed than in the words of the ilo's 1919 constitution that lasting peace can be established only if it is based on social justice today there is a pervasive sense of deep injustice that the weakest are being asked to sacrifice the most social justice is multidimensional, but as in the late 19th century the world of work is now at the center of discontent and must be an integral part of the solution in shaping a different, more just global order for the future. Social and economic inequalities in their multiple forms are rising. Some 200 million women and men are unemployed. A further 870 million women and men, a quarter of the world's working people, are working but unable to lift themselves and their families above the $2 a day per person poverty line. Some 74 million young women and men have no jobs. Youth unemployment is at dramatic levels in a number of countries, particularly in in Europe and in North Africa. And the length of time young people are remaining idle is increasing, and the scars of youth unemployment, as we know, can last a lifetime. Alongside jobless young women and men, child labour persists. So too does forced labour. In seeking to escape the traps of joblessness and poverty at home, too many women and men are falling into the traps of human traffickers in modern forms of slavery. 80% of the world's population lacks adequate social security coverage, and more than half have no coverage at all. Discrimination in its many manifestations is holding back hundreds of millions, especially women, from realizing their potential and contributing on an equal footing to the development of our societies and our economies. And in many countries, working women and men seeking to exercise their right to organize freely to uphold justice and dignity at work are prevented from forming and joining trade unions. Stepping up the global struggle for social justice is the right thing to do. Now here
13: is the new Harmony Sisterhood band with Union Maid.
17: There once was a Union Maid
13: That's it. International labor news you can use. I'm Mark Boulanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.
12: Okay, that was Radio Labor. sisterhood you can't scare me i'm sticking to the union let's turn now to teacher strikes okay of all the places you would think where teachers would get together and and demand better treatment more money for their students for their schools it might it where would it be okay well west virginia Let's start there. West Virginia strikes again, defeating privatization bill in a single day. West Virginia teachers and school employees struck for the second time in a year, successfully defeating an education bill that would have opened the state's first charter schools, attacked teacher seniority, and created education savings, ESAs, and school vouchers that divert public funds to private schools. Don't start those buses tomorrow, said Joe White, executive director of the West Virginia School Service Personnel Association. He was announcing the second statewide education strike in West Virginia in a year. Alongside the leaders of the state's two teachers' unions, West Virginia teachers emboldened educators across the country last year when they struck to defend their health insurance and win raises. But when the legislature returned this January, hostile legislators brought forth an omnibus education bill. Would have opened the state's first charter schools, attacked teacher seniority, and created education savings accounts and school vouchers to divert public funds to private schools. Although the bill also included pay raises, funds for rising health insurance costs, and more money for public education, educators were not fooled. They could see it was designed to suck funds from public schools and open the door to privatizers. West Virginia, Oklahoma, Colorado, and now, Oakland, California. Here's a video from the first day of the teacher strike in Oakland.
15: No more. We have been bargaining for two years from the district, very little movement from the district. They're
3: trying to focus on is just the pay raise and it's just
2: like that's not all we're asking for. We're asking for smaller class sizes as well.
1: We've seen students and families
6: come out here to
1: support teachers
6: all morning long. Too many teachers uh, across California are working in class sizes that are too big paychecks that are too small, and the teachers here, many of them who are my constituents uh, in the East Bay have not had raises for over five years, so I'm I'm here uh, walking with them and fighting for them. Can't take it no more!
5: Can't take it no more!
12: Okay, the teachers in Oakland have been greatly helped by the participation of arts organizations. power of youth, the power of educators, the power of labor, the power of community, the power of the art build. Statement by Keith Brown, president of the OEA, Oakland Education Association. Surrounded by a 100 teachers and supporters painting banners, screen printing, fabric picket flags, and learning strike songs, Oakland Teachers Union President Keith Brown held a press conference, announced that Oakland teachers would hold a strike vote. For the last two months, a massive strike-ready art-making collaboration between the Oakland Education Association local artists, and a team of arts organizers has been building momentum, participation, and created thousands of pieces of handmade art that has been used in public actions leading up to a strike. Okay, so this is where art was a Arundhati Roy who said that art... Help social justice movements by showing us the boundaries of the tyranny and keep Oakland open. There's an artist who's saying, who was asked, how did you start making art with teachers' unions? What impact or use did it have for teachers' fights? He says, I guess the beginning of my making art with teachers unions was bringing over past Light Brigade messages to school board meetings. He goes on to talk about the Milwaukee teachers organization. So that strike is ongoing. Been on strike now for three days. So if you have time and you're so inclined, take a drive over to Oakland. Call up the OEA and see where people are picketing. They're picketing actually different schools sort of going around different parts of the district. Remember, they're on strike there in your name. And against privatization. What's the difference between a private privatized school, a charter school? Isn't it still under the auspices of the school board? Well, yes or no. In a lot of situations, charter schools are granted an immunity from lots and lots of the restrictions that public schools have. But the key to it all is that public schools are community-controlled. It's a democratic structure, even if it's not always democratically carried out. Public schools are your schools. Charter schools belong to the corporations that they serve. Okay. Let's see here. Looking for uh, Sam Cooke. Let's play some Sam Cooke. Well, here's a Philip Randall.
15: to my people, and the fight alone is my complete compensation. My name is A. Philip Randolph. The A stands for Acer. I was born April 15, 1889, in Crescent City, Florida. I am the youngest of two sons, and both my mother and father were the descendants of slaves. I began my political career in the socialist politics of the 1920s Harlem Renaissance. I have long fought for equal opportunity for black workers and for economic progress for all workers through trade unions regardless of race, color, nationality, sex, or political or religious beliefs. Not everyone agreed with the vision of racial progress through militant struggles for economic independence.
5: In the tough stages of
15: organizing the first march on Washington to integrate the country's defense industries in 1941, for instance, Arthur W. Mitchell, then a black representative of the U.S. Congress from Chicago, called me the most dangerous Negro in America. In 1925, I, along with Milton Webster and many other brothers and sisters across the Justice organized the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters in the sacred name of truth and righteousness against the Pullman companies' despotic company union, known as the Employee Representation Plan, which is company organized, company owned, and company controlled. This was considered the first major effort to unionize the Pullman company. In the eyes of some people, the effort to
12: Some room.
8: Hey, Lordy, Mama, I heard you wasn't feeling good. they spreading dirty rumors all around the neighborhood. They say you mean.